Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. My guest today is a two-time NBA champion and the MVP of the 1981 NBA Finals and the longtime broadcaster for the Boston Celtics. He is Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. Ced's got a new book out, If These Walls Could Talk, which covers his Celtics playing career and everything else he has seen all the way through the present day. Really enjoyable read, uh, especially, of course, for Celtics fans, but I think probably all NBA fans. So go find that online in all the usual places. And if you ever watch the Celtics on League Pass, you know Cornbread is not one to hold back or mince words. think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. We covered a lot of ground, including his time with Larry Bird and the Big Three, of course, what went wrong with Kyrie Irving and the Celtics, um, and a whole lot of thoughts on the present season. Before we get to that, a quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on the YouTube feed as well. Search for Sports Illustrated Podcast. You'll find us and all the other great SI podcasts there. And be sure to hit me with all your feedback on Twitter at Howard Beck. Okay, my conversation with Cedric Maxwell is coming up next, so stick around. 
This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Now very pleased to be joined by two-time NBA champion and now author, Cedric Maxwell. Cedric, how are you, sir? Congrats on the book. I am doing fine. The book is uh, was fun to do, and I've had uh, I've had a lot of compliments about uh, doing the book. So I- I'm kind of happy. That's that's great. So it's if these walls could talk, which people can find in all the usual places, I'm sure. Um, best thing I saw in the book, Cedric, among many fun things to read. But uh, I somehow did not ever know the origin of your nickname, Cornbread, and. <laughs> I just kind of kind of assumed it was it had something to do with like a pregame spread somewhere with the Celtics back in there. But no, it's it's from an obscure seventies movie. I want to start there. Cornbread Earl and Me. Not exactly the snappiest uh title for a seventies movie. How did you become cornbread based on that movie? Well, Jamal Wilkes uh portrayed a basketball player in that particular movie. And uh he was young at that time and a bunch of my friends saw the movie and they said, you look like that guy named Cornbread. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? And um, so I went and saw the movie and then we went to New York and played in the NIT and some reporters heard um, some of my buddies going Cornbread. So, you know, a Southern school, a Southern boy and some reporters in New York hooked that up together and became Cornbread. <laughs> Did you agree with the analogy, did once you saw the movie, you say, "Oh yeah, I, I see it," or was that a stretch? Well, myself and Jamal were kind of built similar at that time. Uh, you know, we were uh, not big frame; we were lean, and uh, I was lean at that time. And Jamal, we did kind of favor each other. And guys saw the movie, and and that's what they thought. And I just kind of let it go from there. So it was just something that went along with my buddies who were, who were kind of messing with me when they when they talked about that. Um, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, who might look it up. It doesn't end well for cornbread in the movie. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. Jamal, Jamal was uh, a, a main character. And then, but here's the funny thing about it. Larry Fishburne was, it was yeah. cornbread Earl and me. Me was Larry Fishburne at about eight years old. And I talked to Larry Fishburne about it later on about being in this movie. And we just both had a, a good chuckle. And um, and that was uh, a young Larry Fishburne before he did The Matrix, before he did all these other movies. Yeah, um, I, I didn't realize that was where his start was. And I was I was surprised, too, when I saw that pop up um, when I looked it up. Um, I assume people have had other uh, uh, explanations that were probably the wrong explanations. What's this? What's the funniest, like wrong explanation for your your nickname that people just assumed? Um. And I love cornbread, love to eat it. And I'm not I'm not a big fan, although I'm from the South. That's not one of the things I would eat. Um, that was basically about it. Nobody else really, you know, came up with anything new other than it was a, a, a food in the South that people ate. And supposedly I, I, I liked it. I mean, I love some good cornbread myself. Uh, your your basketball reference page, it's funny because basketball reference often has all these nicknames ascribed to guys, and I don't know where the heck half of these come from, um, but yours looks about right. Cornbread, Max, said, three for three, 
But then Rubber Band Man? Was was that ever actual uh uh and was that from the 70s song? No, that was uh it was from the 70s song, but it was Johnny Most, uh the group great broadcaster, radio broadcaster from the Celtics, and he was just saying, hey, uh Cedric Maxwell's like he's like the rubber band man. He goes this way, that way, scores going. So he was the one that kind of coined that. It was uh Johnny Most, uh God bless his soul, but he was a, a all-time favorite in Boston and in the legend in the radio business in Boston. But nobody ever walks up to you and says, what's up rubber band, man. So yeah, no, <laughs> quite I, mean, stick. I mean, there's a few people who will say it. They'll remember that, but for the most part now. So um, 30 plus years since you retired and you're doing the book now, what does, what made you finally decide like, this is the time to do it, were there certain just burning stories that you were just dying to tell or finally put on the page? You obviously are a broadcaster, so you know you're telling some of these stories, uh, you know, in the course of of your uh, job anyway. But what what was the burning need to, to finally put this on paper? Now, uh, I don't know if it was a burning need. I was just asked the question: uh, Would you like to come out and do a book? And I thought about it, and it was therapeutic. Uh, a lot of things that I talked about. Uh, one, I think one thing I wanted to get off my chest basically was my relationship with my teammates. Uh, when I got traded in 1985, um, I got hurt in 1985, I think got traded later on in 85. And, um, I, it was some, some of my teammates and it was written out that, uh, you know, I didn't want to play anymore. I just signed a new contract and I wanted to straighten the record out on that. Um, and I actually apologize because I think maybe the way I handled things, because I was a, um, essentially I'm a happy go lucky person. So nothing bothered me. So when I got hurt, I was the same person. Whereas you see some guys mope around. I did not know how to handle an injury because I'd never been injured before. So I, I, I guess people took it the wrong way. And, and because of that, uh, there was there was a little friction be- be- between myself and maybe a couple of other guys, uh, Larry Bird in particular. You know, I, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that part up in particular, in fact, because uh, you did a, a podcast, I think it was about a year or so ago with uh, Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman, where you talked about your um, – I guess a distance, I would say, from from Larry Bird and that you, you wanted to kind of, you know, in, in the interview itself, you said, you know what, I should reach out to him. We really need to talk. And I think there was I saw somewhere that I think you guys did talk last year. Um, tell me about that. What what caused that distance over the years between you and, and Larry Bird? And what was that conversation like? And do you feel like like you have kind of, you know, shortened the distance there. And, and I connected. think we sure, I think we shortened the distance, but it was essentially what happened was that, you know, how I, he, he felt that way. And, and I did not know how to handle it. Um, and he and I talked, we didn't really talk about the issue itself. We just talked about basketball and, you know, and me talking about, you know, being the first pro actually to play against them. Uh, I had averaged 19 points a game and Larry Bird came in and essentially was either I was going to fight City Hall or I was going to join the union and I ended up joining the union, the Larry Bird union. And um, we became a a great pair. Uh, There was one thing in sports, uh, Sports Illustrated one time is are these the two best young forwards in the NBA? Uh, 
And, um, you know, so there was so much good stuff and we won multiple championships together. It was, uh, and for both, most of my teammates, I've always had a great relationship with all of them. So for me not to have, uh, that kind of relationship with the lead dog, the guy I played with, won multiple championships with, one of the greatest of all time, that was just, that is still somewhat disappointing to me. Yeah. So you feel a little bit better about it after that conversation? Um, I felt okay. Yeah. I mean, not, not like we breaking bread and sending each other Christmas cards, but, you know, I, I still feel like I could call him. And, you know, matter of fact, we were trying to have a, um, 1981 podcast we're trying to do a um a reunion of our 1981 championship team uh, and i wanted to do a podcast but we couldn't get everybody on board and um and larry was I, I don't know if he was a little reluctant or what it was but i wasn't able to get everybody on board including him hmm. is that something you're still hoping to pull off i hope maybe you know we'll do it for 84 uh hmm. that championship team um, you know, we've had such, and then like you said, I've had such great relationships. I've did the, did the podcast with podcast with Nate Archibald. I did one with Kevin McHale. I did a podcast with, uh, Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish, matter of fact, was for a forwarding person on this book. So, um, it, it's just important to me that, you know, I get back to those guys that, you know, I played with and I loved and had a good time with. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. You mentioned Robert Parrish writing the forward. He advocates in the forward that you should be in the Hall of Fame by virtue of, among other things, your your uh, 81 Finals MVP award, um, also your contributions to the 84 championship, of course. Uh, just even the role you played, going from number one scorer to making room for, for Larry Bird when he arrives, but then playing your role to the hilt. Um, I'm sure nice to get that endorsement from your former teammate. How much have you have you thought about that over the years? Is it no, is it still I, meaningful? No, because I don't believe I'm a Hall of Famer. You know, I was a really good player, and there were times when I borderline on great. But for me, just to be, it, for me, it's it's the elite of the elite. When I think about guys who are, are Hall of Famers, and I was an elite. I was a you know a, again. I had great moments. I've changed part of NBA history by being a finals MVP. Um, I was the great games I had against the, the Lakers. Uh, I remember there was one guy, matter of fact, who bought my book who said, eh, he was okay, but you know, he, he still really, he, he really hyped himself up way too much. And I don't, <laughs> I don't believe I do. I don't believe I, I, I do that. I just think I was a, a good player and I've had moments of brilliance and, um, the thing that you can't deny is you can't take away the finals MVP. You can't take away the fact that my, my number, my Jersey has been retired by the Boston Celtics. So I will live in basketball history, regardless of what people say. And to be a hall of famer, that just isn't something that I think that I should be on that level. You, you have your own distinction. In fact, I mean, being finals MVP without ever making an NBA all-star team, I think you are the only finals MVP in history that has that distinction. Iguodala from the Warriors had uh, one all-star berth, you know, or, or not before. Um, so you two guys are, are the outliers anyway. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty, that's an amazing distinction. When you consider the hall of famers and the superstars, the legends who have played in NBA finals, won championships and what that list looks like, even all the guys who didn't win MVP, Mm-hmm. To be to be on that, I mean, that's a most uh, incredibly exclusive list. It's an that's a distinction to itself, and one that I'm not sure we'll see again. Yeah, well, that that in, indeed. I mean, you just think about it. If if you were a Finals MVP, everybody who's done that has been either in the Hall of Fame or they have been made an All Star team. Um, and maybe just shows you that you know I just had moments of brilliance. I mean. I, I was the first forward in the history of the NBA to lead the league in field goal percentage twice. I still hold some Celtic records right now in field goal percentage. So I, I don't get caught up into it. I understand what some people, I have, have some friends of mine who say that, you know, you're a Hall of Famer. But to me, it's not even about that. It's To me, it's the elite of the elite. And I didn't feel like I am one of the elite. elite. Um. 
One of the moments you were present for, and you touch on this quickly in, in the book, there's a bunch of great moments in the book, and people should obviously go check it out. I'm not going to uh, give away the whole thing. But um, October 12th, 1979, Celtics versus Rockets. Chris Ford hit the first three in NBA history. Did it even f- feel like a moment when it happened, or was it just like, okay, that happened and you just kept moving? Like, did it? Because I, I look back at it now from the, you know, the, with the, the expanse of history to look back on. Seems like a significant moment, but I'm I'm guessing it probably just kind of whizzed by. In the game, it really was. It didn't even register. It, it the fact that he made it was great, but nobody was even thinking that way. Uh, 1981 versus the Rockets, uh, Houston Rockets. That championship game, the final game, there were five three pointers attempted for the entire game. Whereas you look at the way the game is played now. There were five in five minutes. So it was a, a changing of the guard. It was subtle, but also at the same time, it was um, explosive in the fact that the way the game has changed. And Chris Ford, my buddy, just happened to hit the first one in NBA history, although the ABA had had it already. Sure. But in NBA history, Chris Ford was the first one to knock one down. Probably nobody even like cutting out the box score to save it for posterity, right? Like it's nothing at the time. (laughs) No, nobody, nobody didn't even think about it. I don't think anybody walked up to him and said, oh my God, Chris, you're the first (laughs) No, But if you look back in history now, that will always be a footnote. Yes. And a really interesting one, especially considering where we are now in in the way the game has evolved. I mean, you've, you've played in and or observed, been a commentator for all these changes when you think about all, all, everything that, that is evolved in the way the game is played um, or just the way the league has grown, everything else, what's the best change over the last, say, 30, 40 years? And then what's, what's the one that, you're, that you still kind of cringe over? Like, wh- how do you see the way that the, the, the game has evolved from the, um, the two extremes? The, the Steph, Steph Curry has completely destroyed this game the way I, the way I knew it. And I still understand um, the way it's played, I understand um, the, uh, all the numbers, the number crunchers talking about taking threes. But to me, if you can get a great two and get a guy in foul difficulty, then you're better off. How many times we sit in the NBA now where you get a fast break and guys run to the three-point line, it's a three-on-one fast break. Uh, that's how the game has changed. So I don't really like that. The physicality of the game, is gone away now. Uh, they don't have that the way it was. You see guys knocked around and knocked on their asses. I, I, I hate the fact even a small skirmish, a, a, a small fight, you know, would be good for the NBA. I mean, I, I just believe in the fact that there has to that this game has gotten most games we know now has have gotten so soft. And there isn't anything. You know, you can go with baseball where the quarterback essentially is playing tag now. This tag football. Uh, you look at the NBA with you can't touch a guy, you can't hand check, you can't give a guy a hard foul. You hit a guy near his head. You know they're they're now seeing a flagrant foul. So I I just think there's so many things about the game now which are, are different that I don't like. Uh, what I like about the game now is um, the power of the players. Um, I look at the contracts now; they've gone, you know. Out, off, off the, off the chain. Um, 1984, I made eight hundred thousand dollars. 
I was the 99th highest paid athlete in the world at that time. So you look at the numbers and where they've gone now is, you know, if you're a $800,000 guy, you know, essentially you must be a a bench player. You're not even, you're not even a good bench player. I think now. That's probably the minimum right now. (laughs) I think that's probably like like the three-year minimum or something. Yeah. So I look at those contracts and those things have come out. They're really different now. Yeah. No question. But the three-point revolution, uh, not not a big fan of, clearly. Not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, I understand, um, you know, where it's at, and it's not going back. I do understand that. But at the same time, I just believe that um, I, I just love the beauty of the game. And I look at the guys I play with, and here's the thing that, that I think is most important to me. The way the game is played now, as great as Larry Bird was during the 80s, he would be so much better now as a as a basketball player. He would be Luka Doncic on steroids because he was that good. The physicality, the jump shot, the, the toughness, the rebounding. The game was – Larry was a forerunner of a game that he shouldn't even been playing in. He should be playing now uh, the way the game was played. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it, too, like the way one, because there's no, you know, hand checking on the perimeter, everything else. But with the three point shooting, the floor is spread. If, if Larry were given the ball and just put the ball in his hands every time with a spread floor, with every with shooters around him and the ability to either just drive and create whatever, I, I, I could totally see it. I could totally well, see it, it. Well, you look at and people have asked me about Luca. Luca Dantic is Larry Bird right now of this particular era, yeah. the way he handles things, handles the basketball. And I've given my opinion on a lot of different things before. I remember when I was I was a big Dirk fan, Dirk and Whiskey. And uh, I remember saying, man, Dirk is going to be as good as Larry. And a lot of people just laughed at me. They, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and Dirk turned out to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, is he as good as Larry? Nah. But he's not chopped liver when it comes to a basketball player because there were things that Dirk did that he's changed the game too as a seven footer, uh, shooting the three and running the floor the way he did. So the game has changed in so many different ways. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Because you, uh, we, we, we've already gone to this, this direction where this always happens, right? We always compare the white guys to the white guys. It does remind me of something. I chatted with, with your buddy Danny Ainge yesterday, and I was asking him, tell me something about Cedric that I don't know. And so he mentioned that you had these funny comments you'd make about a guy when you're sitting on the bench watching the court. And, you, and he, he mentioned like Ernie Grunfeld as an example where you called him, he's a white white. Yeah. I'm a black white. What? <laughs> explain to me what that meant. That was that was Danny and I just mocking mocking the system because you <laughs> always hear these broadcasters seeing a white guy do something. They're going, "Wow, that was really a smart play," and see a black <laughs> guy doing something. Oh, that was so athletic. Uh, but Danny, yes. I mocked it because Danny always mocked me because he said physically. I didn't have all those things. I wasn't a high jumper. I wasn't a leaper. And he said, I had some blackness in my game. But he said, I had a lot of whiteness in my game. So I was I was black, white. And I used to say the same thing about Danny. I said, you got a little running wild in your game. So you're like white, black. That's what you are, the way you play the game. So, yeah, we used to laugh about that particular thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, your broadcasting style, Cedric, is is obviously unique into itself. Um, and there's so much enthusiasm about it, which I love. It's infectious listening to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. When you get very excited, though, you start invoking sandwiches and Cheetos. What is it about sandwiches and Cheetos that, uh, to you, uh, is evocative of great play? Well, don't you get excited when, when your mom just says, Hey, come in and get a sandwich right now. Hey, I got some Cheetos for you. In my line of work, I'm an, I'm up doing radio. So as an analyst, your window of opportunity to speak is a very, very small one. And because of that, I'm trying to get every bang for my buck in every word I use. So if you can remember that, and, and if you want to be a, a radio analyst like me, uh, do this. Here's a project for you. Go out, look at the game. And essentially, once once the team scores, I want you to be imaginative, funny, witty, uh, interesting, all in five seconds. Let me see you do that. And that's why you try to create words and phrases and things that go along 
that might get people excited or might show them your amount of excitement. Did the sandwiches and Cheetos thing just spill out spontaneously one day, or was that something you kind of like had in the back pocket? Like, I think I'm going to. As a, as a, as a, as an analyst, you don't have time to think about a lot of things. And sometimes you, you say things which are off the cuff. Now, in today's society, in today's world, that might get you in some trouble. <laughs> yes, so, uh, you know, I, my one story I always remember was I was talking, we did a game in Houston and, um, and Violet Palmer uh, was on the court, the black, black official, female black official. And um, Sean Grandy and I were praising her the whole time. And Tommy Heinsohn, the legend, Tommy Heinsohn hated all broadcasters. Hey, I mean, he hated all referees. That was yes. his thing. He hated them. Yes. So she made a call, which was a little questionable. And she had been praised the whole time. And in my Tommy Heinsohn voice, I go, ah, go back to the kitchen, make me some bacon and eggs. I didn't really think anything about it until the next day I get Jeff Twist, our public announcement guy, PR guy, comes and says, uh, we wrote an apology. Apology? For what? What did I do? <laughs> he said, what you said about Violet Palmer? I said, what did I say about Violet Palmer? And then that's when he said about bacon and eggs. I said, I was only mocking Tommy. And so I learned at that time, and I've learned since, that things you say on that radio you know, that is a it is it's getting more and more dangerous for anybody, uh, especially if you have an imagination and you might try to get people excited about anything. Uh, I mean, you think, for instance, when the uh, I think it was a play by play guy that was in OKC. Yeah. Talked Brian, about uh, Westbrook. Yeah. Bri- Westbrook, Brian Davis, right? Westbrook made some great play and was he was so excited Westbrook, you're out of your cotton picking mind. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> some things you just can't say. But there was one thing I remember well. I mean, there's something in the book that I talked about that was on a the one few time I was one one of the few times I was with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. And I think Larry was probably born with beer in his hand. I don't know. Maybe he was. But uh, I'm I go with him and I'm like, man, I'm gonna drink with you guys today. So we were drinking these things called Greyhounds. It was vodka and grapefruit juice. And I had my share of them and I'm I'm putting them down and now all of a sudden I get a little woozy. Well, we go to a place in Salt Lake City that you would never believe. The name of the restaurant in Salt Lake City, where you got no people of color, was called Southern Plantation. <laughs> that, yeah, I know you close your eyes and they go, what? Yeah, it was Southern Plantation. And we went there with Larry. Kevin was about eight of us. Went and we ate. And uh, I got a little woozy. And uh, I, I laid down. I could hear him laughing. And then I got up uh, to drink some tea, thinking I was going, you know, I was calm my, my, my stomach. And Larry Bird, the prankster, poured like two little small uh, bottles of, uh, uh, of gin into my... Um, my tea took me over the top. I went out and fed the animals. So that was a whole nother thing with that's also in the book too. Um, many stories and, and especially stories that where you immediately think like, wow, it's a different league now. Some of the, some of the stories you tell, whether it's what guys are doing on their off time or before a game, Christmas day practice that everybody showed up a little intoxicated for. And you think, man, I cannot imagine some of this today, at least not at that scale. Another, another way the league has clearly changed quite a bit 
but guys were smoking back then too, and training wasn't the same. Nutrition wasn't the same. You were talking about your your traditional pregame like Big Mac and fries, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. I had that was my. These teams now have these great spreads where they have you know salmon and rice and, and beef and then and vegetables mm-hmm. and all this stuff mm-hmm. before the game and after the game. Well, we didn't have that. What I had was across the street there was a McDonald's. I sent a ball boy over there, and before the Laker game, seventh game versus the Lakers in 1984, one of the biggest games in NBA history. What am I having? A Big Mac, supersized my fry, an apple <laughs> pie, and an orange soda. That's what I went to war with. So, so I, I nutrition has definitely changed in in the way this league is and the way it's formed. Just just a bit. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. A couple more before I let you go, and thank you for being so generous with your time today. I know you got some things to get to. Um, I know that on a book schedule, 
all of this was probably written and final and out of your hands months and months ago, maybe even a year ago. But there's a line in the book because you talk about Kyrie Irving and his time in Boston and you say, I'll just say this about Irving in Brooklyn. Be careful what you ask for. I'm sure you, you could not have seen the future that Kyrie was going to decline the vaccine and end up missing what looks like it could be the entire season. So um, congratulations on seeing the future, perhaps. Um, Nost- Nostradamus. Just call me Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus Maxwell. Instead of Max said rubber band man, Nostradamus is what not- I'm going with now. Not Nostra cornbread. <laughs> yes, that'd be good. <laughs> Did um, what was it about Kyrie though that you had that thought in mind even before we knew what would happen this season? Um, I just just the just the way he was as a player. I mean, sometimes you buy into certain things as a player and things you don't want to do. When you don't want to go out, and you don't want to sign a bunch of basketballs for charity, and you know, keep doing this stuff over and over again. I guess. In one scene that was the Celtics had the um, 50 basketballs, which had to be signed at the end of the season. And I talked to some people who were in management and they were like, the, the ball went out with everybody signed it except one person. He said it was Kyrie. He was the star of your team. He's like, why? Well, he said, and the guy said, Kyrie wasn't mean about it. He said, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there are a lot of things you don't want to do, but you have to do. Um, I'll say this about Kyrie, which, and I've said before, from a standpoint of a guard, I don't think there's ever been a more talented guard for the Boston Celtics and Kyrie Irving. Exceptional. But with that comes along a bunch of other things. I mean, I think that sometimes he overthinks things. Uh, You know, he wants to be, um, instead of, and I understand about not just being a ball player. I do understand that. But there's sometimes when, just like with the vaccine now, you had an opportunity to maybe win the championship with your team. And, and you can still come back and play. I, I don't know. But um, just the reasoning, listening to him talk about it. And one, one thing in particular, when Kyrie Irving says, well, I did the research. No, you you didn't do the research. You You read the paper that somebody else did that did some research unless you did a clinical trial and follow people around. That's how you do the research. So if you listen to some of the things that he said, they were contrary. And, and that's the only problem I had about Kyrie Irving when it came to that. And And the biggest thing I'll say about Kyrie Irving is even in the game last year, when Kyrie came back to the garden and stepped on the leprechaun's face and like he was wiping his shoes. I was so pissed off. And what pissed me off is like none of our players really were upset by it. And I got a text message the next day from Kevin Garnett. I can't believe this bullshit. None of our players stood up. They allowed Kyrie to do that. Nobody's saying anything about it. Only you and I are saying something about it. So I think it registers a different way with different people. Yeah. What do you suppose might be the ultimate, um, I don't want to say resolution with, with the Nets. None of us can, can know that for sure. But in, just in terms of Kyrie, do you think this is a guy who, who would be you know, okay to basically sacrifice an entire season where, and not just a season, but a championship potential season? They might No. Yeah. No. I think Kyrie Irving is going to be back one way or the other. 
and maybe with a vaccine, uh, maybe vaccinated. I, I, I don't know. I just believe he's going to be back and he's going to come back to that team. And that team is going to be probably better off for it when you have another option like Kyrie. Last thing before I let you go, the Celtics themselves, obviously, from going from Isaiah to Kyrie to Kemba, and now you know Marcus Smart's holding it down to that position. That's been a difficult, um, it's been a bumpy spot for them over the over the last mm-hmm. few years. And then there's just you know trying to get the most out of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, this young core. Where do you see the Celtics as of right now? Um, they they've been kind of this dark horse in the East the last few years, but it feels like they're still you know shuttling between the second and third tiers in the East. Where's that breakthrough going to come? I think that is. I think that's where they're at. I think the breakthrough will come when they get an understanding of, and and I've said I've said this before about Brown and Tatum, two great players. But you tell me the first the first time you and they played nine hundred games probably together. You tell me the first time you've seen one of them walk up to an, a player on the opposition and say, "If you do that shit again, I'm gonna knock your damn head off." They're nice guys. You can't tell me two other nice guys in the NBA like that who lead their team. I'm not saying I want to see them punching everybody all the time, but but it, it sends a message to your fellow players. When you're a little mean and nasty, you think about it. Steph Curry, nice guy, will get into things from time to time. Luka Dantich, nice guy, but it but came down and punched the guy in the nuts when it when and it got down to it. So there's not two other players in, until those two players establish uh, uh, some nastiness about them. This team is, I think is going to be up and down. So you got to bring in uh, KG and Kevin McHale for a little clinic one day, I guess. Well, you know, you can't always, Marcus Smart can't be your grandpa always coming to the rescue when it comes <laughs> to fighting. And, and that's one of the things you see. If, if, if there's some kind of brouhaha, Marcus is in the middle. Your two best players aren't, and and that is uh, you're not going to win that way for me. Yeah. yeah. And as I always say, this somebody told me, well, Jason Tatum is where he's where he was born, where he was how he was raised. I said, hell, he was born in St. Louis. He wasn't in, he wasn't born in the Hamptons. I mean, come on, <laughs> are we serious here? So yeah, I, I, and that I want to see from Tatum. And and the last thing I tell you about Tatum was which I love was. Um, 30 for 30 did me some good, I guess. Um, Celtics Lakers 30 for 30. Uh, Tatum is walking onto the floor and he goes, Cornbread, Cornbread, Cornbread. I said, dude, what's wrong with you? He goes, I saw that 30 for 30. Damn, you were bad as hell. <laughs> so <laughs> there was some recognition that came along with the way we played the game. Yeah. Um, well, if they tried to replicate it now, uh, they'd all be in trouble. The entire team would be suspended oh, for a week. So, you know, over, over, <laughs> over, over, over. Uh, well, if people want to read more about yesterday's NBA and a very different time, but a really fascinating time, uh, go pick up If These Walls Could Talk. I think it's If These Walls Could Talk, colon, Boston Celtics by Cedric Maxwell. Uh, said this has been fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for spending the time. Thank you for being generous with the time. I know we had a few uh, technical glitches at the top, but I appreciate you uh, uh, riding it out with us. No problem. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Cedric Maxwell for joining me. Go order his book, If These Walls Could Talk. Thanks also to Scott King for connecting us. Thanks to our producers, Shelby Royston and Dan Bloom. 
Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. Go subscribe to the Sports Illustrated Podcast channel on YouTube and hit me with all your feedback on Twitter at Howard Beck. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.